Greetings to each of you in Jesus' name. I appreciated the thought that we serve an awesome God. We are on K. What's a character quality that starts with K about our awesome God? Kindness. Kindness. Knowing. Knowing. King. King. Has he kept you this week? It's our keeper. How excellent is thy loving kindnesses, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. Turn to John chapter 8. There's a mix-up about what freedom is. Would you agree with that statement? There's a mix-up about what freedom is. We read Jesus giving us things that seem to be upside down, opposite. You know, turn the other cheek. And something good can come out of that instead of retaliating and so on. This seems to be something that is also confusing and is, according to Scripture, going to be that way because the natural man doesn't see as a spiritual man sees. And so we're confused oftentimes as to what real freedom is. A few weeks back, I preached from 1 Corinthians 11 on the prayer veiling, and I titled the message about head, hair, and honor, the idea of headship and how that, that passage speaks to equality and not about somebody being less of value, but also speaking about the roles. Right at that time, if you remember was when the Iranian situation got hot about the lady that took her hijab and moved it back too far, and the police called her into the headquarters to instruct her that she needs to put her hijab on properly so that the morals of Iran can be upheld. I don't know the number, as of today, of the people who have demonstrated against that, who have been killed because of that, but it has come over into the United States as well, where there are demonstrations about the freedom that a woman should have not to wear the hijab. I just find that interesting when you talk about freedom and bondage and that's what I want to look at this morning, the thing of freedom and bondage, as Jesus points out here in John 8. And so I've entitled the message, Free Indeed, taken from the verse 36 here. But I'd like to start reading from verse 31. Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and a group of Jewish people. Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word... Then are ye my disciples indeed. 
And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. This week the news said that there were two teenagers, 15 and 16 years old, who escaped their parents' home. They had been shackled in the laundry room of their parents' home, and they got free out of the shackles and reported the parents' to the neighbors at, at the neighbor's home. They went and reported this whole situation. They were shackled in the laundry room for days and perhaps a week or more without the proper care. And it was by this mother and her boyfriend and it made, made news that they had escaped from this captivity. That was bondage, right? That was bondage. Bondage is that feeling of being shackled, that feeling of being tied up, a slave to something. We remember the history in the United States of the Emancipation Proclamation, 1863, when slaves were told, you're free. President Lincoln signed the statement for January 1st, 1863, and the story has it, that he shook so many people's hands that day before he signed it, that when he went to sign it, he, he saw his hand was shaking, and so he just waited to sign it. That's how it's written down in history. He waited to sign it until his hand was, was steady again. He wanted it to be clear that Abraham Lincoln's name was going to declare, without any hesitation, that the slaves were free. Now we have an Emancipation Proclamation too. Jesus has given that to us and he has made it clear without a shadow of a doubt that we can be free and be free indeed. There's a criminal in history, 1829, he, he stopped a postal worker from delivering mail, harassed him, and robbed him. Another man was with him in that venture, and they went to trial, and because you are guilty of a federal crime when you tamper with the mail, it was taken very seriously and actually, the one man, there was more counts than what I'm giving you. There were six counts that they were charged with. But there was a man, the one man was actually, uh, well, both men were sentenced to death. It was that serious of accumulation of things. That point in time, it was charged that they be put to death. The one man was executed. The other man, the execution was not yet, and some of his friends put a plea in to the President of the United States 
that it not be a death, but that it just be a sentence. The president considered it, and he gave a pardon that he would not be executed. So they took the pardon to the man in jail and said, here is your pardon. The man looked at the pardon and he says, no, I'm not going to accept the pardon. His name was George Wilson. So then the courts were in a tizzy. What do you do when a man has a pardon, but he hasn't accepted it? The judge made a ruling. He said, that pardon is that man's to do with what he wants. We cannot withhold the execution because he has rejected that pardon. And the man was, George Wilson was executed as well as the other fellow was. He could have been free. But he said, no, I committed this crime and I'm going to take the punishment for it. What is real freedom? Dictionary definition says the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. That's freedom, according to the dictionary. Now think about it for a moment. A fish is free in the water. Would you agree? wherever it wants to go. A bird is free in the air, wherever it wants to go. But if you put a bird in the water and put a fish in the air, that's fatal. If they were free to jump out of the water, the fish is free to jump out of the water and land on shore, and not have water, that's fatal. Did it have freedom? Well, according to this definition, the power or right to act as you want, yeah, that's, that's freedom. The Bible gives a different sense of freedom. And that is having the power to do what you know you ought to do. When you got in your car to come to church this morning, you had freedom to drive. But your feeling of freedom was affected by what the people in the opposite lane were going to do. You didn't decide you're going to drive on the opposite side of the road because you're free. No, you live within a structure. The fish lives within the structure, the bird lives within the structure, we drive within the structure, we live within a structure, and that's what brings freedom. I wasn't scared a bit driving this morning because I knew the law. There's times I've been in states and at a red light and wondered, can you turn right on red in this state? I'm not sure. So I stayed put. There's times I've been in another state do you need to have a wireless connection to your phone or can you put your phone up and talk? Knowing what the rules are, 
give freedom. Spiritually, knowing what the rules are gives us freedom. Now, Jesus was talking to the Jewish people who were questioning his divinity. You don't have to remember, but two weeks ago we spoke from the same chapter in verse 12. Ring any bells? Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. That's a deity statement that he was making, that he is going to give the light of life. We talked about John 1 that Sunday. But here Jesus is continuing the discussion to those that do not believe he is deity. And he said, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Truth, known, impacts our actions. Consequences, certain consequences we don't want in life because, well, we've seen other people go through those consequences and we don't want them. But Jesus said, I'm going to give you the truth and the truth is going to make you free. In other words, give you the power then to do what is right. And he gives some steps to real freedom here. In verse 31, he says, continue in my word. That's one thing. Secondly, you're going to know the truth. And thirdly, the truth is going to make you free. These people were in unbelief about who he was and what he was teaching. So their minds were not liberated they were used to the law of the Old Testament, which was important for them. But Jesus said, I came to fulfill the law. I came to give you more than just a host of laws. I came to give you something written in your heart that is going to change your sense of freedom. There's a difference between following the rule and enjoying following the rule. As a Christian, we enjoy following the rule, we should anyway, because we know what it leads to. We don't just follow the rule because we have to follow the rule, we follow the rule because we know it's good for us. We know it has consequences that are good for us. And Jesus said, I come to give you freedom, freedom indeed, and these people were still bound by that obligation of just doing everything right without having the heart or the desire to do it. You know, they felt self-confident that they knew what was righteous. They declared themselves wise. They declared themselves strong. They declared themselves free. I chuckle when I read verse 33. You know why I chuckle when I read 33? They say, we were never in bondage to any man. Now you think with me the history of the Jewish nation. You think of Egypt. That's the first one that comes. What were they thinking? Egypt, they were in bondage. What about the time of the judges when they were under seven different nations? We read, had one in the Sunday school lesson today, the Midianites. 
Seven different times that they were in bondage there in the book of Judges. The 70 years in Babylonian captivity. What were they facing right at this moment? They were under the Roman government, right? What were they saying? We are Abraham's seed. We are the chosen people. We have been free from... Okay, they were categorizing everything. Now remember, earlier in the chapter, they had brought a woman taken in adultery and brought her to Jesus to be condemned. Jesus said that she's, she's a sinner, but he instructed her to go and sin no more. And he told them, if you don't have any sin, then you can cast the stone. But they had sin and they left. This feeling of superiority, like in their own nature, they had something that was really, really okay. They were righteous in themselves. They were wise in themselves. They were strong. They were free in themselves. But Jesus is saying, and implying here, you're not really free. In your spirit, you're not really free. And I'm afraid that's the way it is sometimes in our Christian experience. That we get bound up in our spirit. And we need to come back to church. Come back to the word of God. Come back to the fellowship of believers. And find, aha, this has to be cleaned out. We're not without sin. We're not without needing to be cleaned out. We don't think that we are ever going to be perfect. But we repent. The, en the unbeliever does nothing but sin in God's eyes. They get callers that say, I'm an atheist, but I'm moral. You can say, yes, you are moral. By certain standards, you are moral. But are you perfect? No. I've sensed some guilt. Okay, so, so we're not, none of us are perfect. Okay, so well, doesn't my helping my neighbor get me something in the sight of God, if there is a God? Well, if somebody would stack up all the good that they think they do, all the morals that they think that they have, it still would be a pile of, Manure, in God's eyes, is it okay to say it that way? It stinks because it's man's doings. He doesn't do anything for God's glory. So every action he does is polluted and unacceptable to God. And we go to Isaiah and it says, all of our righteousness is as, it's pretty, pretty much what I just said, filthy rags. And unless we see that, we can't be free. We can't come to Christ and recognize our nothingness and be made free in our spirit. I appreciated Brother Amos's Sunday school emphasis this morning that it's Christ that brings us freedom. It is the blood of Christ that brings us freedom. So being conscious of our own bondage is really the step to becoming free. 
and we look around us at people that are saying, freedom, 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 but they don't recognize the bondage that that is taking them, that, it, that they're held to, that they're under, that they're, they're struggling with. The Jewish people speaking in our text needed to be made free. They were part of God's chosen people, yes, but they were going to lose their position with God if they didn't see the truth that Jesus brought to the table in this situation. There's a lot of addiction in our world today. Why is there addiction? There's even little things that become addictions to us. I was away last week, and I ate more than I should have. Scales said it. Told me I did. So, can that become something that we live for? Can we have too much of something that's even good and it become something we can't wait to, to deal with? So we can't wait to, you know, if you're driving to work and you go by the Dandy Mart and you have to have another donut, okay, you got your donut and then the next time you drive by a Dandy Mart, you're reminded there, there's donuts in there. You see, we can become we can become so focused on something that it is out of proportion. Jesus came to free us from our sin. We also know that because we're in the flesh, there are things that Satan wants to get us at. And Brother Wesley reminded us this morning in the devotional that there's a battle going on and that the devil wants us and wants to get us and even the little things so that we're not free indeed. What we focus on does affect our actions. And so we need to change what we focus on <clears throat> We focus on all of our righteousnesses as filthy rags. What is the truth about who I am? The truth shall make you free. <clears throat> if you continue in my word, then am ye my disciples indeed. If the Son shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I find it helpful with callers to tell them to identify what they're in bondage to. Some don't think they're in bondage, but there's something that isn't free in their spirit. When you go to Alcoholics Anonymous, they tell you, you must declare, I am an alcoholic. So, if I want to get over something, I need to declare I am an overeater. Or I am a what? And state it. That's the first step. And then believe 
that God wants you to be free from that addiction and take steps to destroy those things that help you in that, that sin. Freedom is the ability to do what you know is right. Jesus did not say anything else about freedom to do as you want to do because our sin nature, if left to itself, will destroy us. We can be free from the condemnation of sin. Do you believe that? When you repent of your sin, you can be free from the condemnation of that sin and a smile can cross your face again. Last night, caller, young Roman Catholic girl that just came out to her family three weeks ago that she is lesbian. She wants to serve God, but she's, she's struggling with this whole thing. So she called to talk about that. Yes, she made a decision to go that way. How far she's into it, I'm not sure. But she made a decision and told her family that's her, that's her choice. But we got all done with that. She was realizing this was really going to put her into a place of extreme bondage. This cup this morning has water in it, but if it was empty, it would have air in it. When we have a desire, it's like the cup is filled with that desire. And the only way to get rid of that desire or to lessen that desire is to put something in to push out that desire to make that desire less. Is that clear? Okay, I can't dump the air out. I can't dump out all the thoughts that come through my mind, but I can put something else in there to deal with it. And we put the Word of God in. The Word of God is going to make us free. It's going to dissipate what was there before as the stronghold on our life. So this young lady is is saying, you know, I haven't been reading my Bible. I, I need to get back to reading my Bible. I need, something has to come into my life. I do want to meet God. She's going to have to put something there. Can we have deliverance from the condemnation of sin? Can she have freedom? Sure she can. Believe with all my heart. Can we have freedom from the little vices to the big vices? Jesus said, you can be free indeed. Can we have deliverance from the power of Satan on our life in the future? That's why he died. He was victor over death in the grave. Can we have deliverance from the power of, of others leading us astray? Can we have the presence of God that's moving us instead of peer pressure? Yeah, we can. So why are we free? We're free to do what is right. We're free to give God 
first place in our life. Turn with me to Romans chapter 6. Verses 16 to 18 and then verse 22. While you're turning there, 2 Corinthians 5.17, the idea of Jesus being our sin bearer or substitute. But the idea in that passage of old nature being taken away and we'd be given a new nature. But here in verse 18 of Romans 6, being then made free from sin. So we were free from sin. We had the choice of believing what Jesus did. We became the servants of righteousness. But I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, for as ye have I meant to start in verse 16, I'm sorry. Verse 16, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Verse 22 but now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. We sang at the offering today. Thank you, Brother Nate, for that song. Jesus signed my pardon. This I surely know. What am I going to do with my pardon on a day-to-day -day basis? Am I going to come to him for cleansing? I choose, you choose, to make him Lord of your life, to be a servant unto him, to not get confused with what is bondage and what is freedom. Freedom is in knowing Christ. Freedom is knowing that sin is dealt with. That the Holy Spirit lives within. When we have the truth, our mind is at liberty. When I know the state says you can turn right on red, ah, that's great. When I know that I'm supposed to drive on the right side of the road, that's great. When I know what the speed limit is, that's great. Mind's at ease. We know what God wants, our mind's at ease. Then the peace that we have in having followed what he instructed us to do. There's a liberty of our conscience that is not condemning us. That's priceless. The freedom of our conscience is priceless. And then when I'm doing God's will because I love to do God's will. I'm doing what is right, and I'm enjoying doing what is right. That's true freedom. Jesus said, I came to give you life, and I came to give you life abundantly. And in this passage, if the Son makes you free, 
you're truly, sincerely free. You're free to be who God created you to be. One that is in fellowship with him. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And I'm thankful for that this morning. So I guess my challenge this morning for us is to think about that liberty that we have in Christ and walk in that liberty. And to let that shine on our faces. Because... The world thinks we're in bondage. The world thinks Christianity is a bunch of don'ts, a bunch of do's. Remember the fish in the water is free, but outside it's not. It's fatal. The bird is free in the air, but outside or in water it is fatal. The Christian walking for the devil and for the flesh that's fatal. It's interesting, some of these people that are addictions, they put something else in place of that addiction, and that becomes an addiction. Okay, so I'm going to get off of alcohol, and then they do something else to subsidize, to deal with their emptiness, when really it's a call to come to Jesus, to fill us up to overflow us. So may God bless you as you serve the Lord this week as you recognize freedom is truly freedom when the devil's been defeated and when God's laws are known and followed. Let's stand together for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these two words, free indeed. Thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit that has confirmed in our lives that freedom. As we live this week, I pray that the forces of Satan would be resisted, that in the name of Jesus, we would be able to have freedom when we sin to repent, when we have something that's becoming precious to us and replacing your word, remind us. Help us, Lord, to rejoice in our salvation this week. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.